Man. When Kristen and I dreamed about the church that we wanted to plant, this is the kind of stuff we saw. We'll say that again. When Kristen and I dreamed of the church that God called us to plant, it was moments like that that we saw. When my brother and I, when he laid in his hospital bed and Josh would talk about the hills and what he was so excited about falling in love with church again, this is the kind of stuff that we talked about right here. Danny, we're delighted you're, you're with us. We're glad you're part of the hills. Thank you for sharing your story and song with us. Thank you so much. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. I want to talk about for just a little while today on who, who holds the keys to 2014. Who holds the keys? And we'll start with 2014, but we're going to move into our destiny. We're going to talk about our future. And we're going to start as well and talk about our past as well. Because you can never move into your future until you deal with your past. You can never move into your future until you deal with your past. You haven't read a text yet, so I'm not a manning. All right, so just wait a minute. Let me just stop and look. You can never move into your future until you deal with your past. Because you're just going to drag more mess into that as well. And you can never really move into your future until you deal with your present right where you are right now. Matthew 16, we're going to do a case study today on the life of the apostle Peter. A little case study. We're going to pull him out and talk about this cat. And we're going to try to find some nuggets that can help us move into everything that we're supposed to do. How many of you know that you're not living up to your full potential? Raise your hand. All right? Okay, that's the majority of us. The rest of you, I'd like to take some lessons from you, if I may. Matthew 16, verse 13. And when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. They were being very nice. They only told him the good stuff. Because they were also saying that he was a heretic, that he was insane, that he was trying to start a revolution. They didn't get into all of that, all right? They just, he's Jesus, we better tell him the good stuff, all right? But what about you? Now this is, we could take right here and just do an entire series because he really doesn't care what they're saying. The point is really, what do you say? So what do men say that I am? Okay, they get that out. Now I want to know, what do you say? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. First time you hear this, first time that anybody has been following him makes this declaration. Demons had said it, prophets had said it, but this is the first time that the ones he's closest to had ever made this declaration. They, he shouts it out, he blurts it out, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven, and I will tell you that you are Peter. You notice the name change there, right? The word Simon uh, is talking about you're the son of Jonah. This is what they've called you. You're Simon, which means he listens. That's what the word Simon means. He listens. But he says, I'm now going to change your name. We're going to call you Peter, which means rock, stone. Okay, everybody say rock, stone, solid, foundation. 
something you can depend on, all right? That's important as we move through this today. Just stay patient with me. We're going to tell a little story and hopefully walk away with some life change today. I will tell you that you're a Peter, a rock, a stone, a foundation, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Peter got the keys to the kingdom because he agreed with what heaven was saying. This is something we talked about several months ago in our prayer series. Remember that? We were talking about praying kingdom prayers. Simon, or Peter, heard what heaven was saying, and he made a declaration of that. There's something powerful when you begin to declare what you hear heaven saying in prayer. Making that revelation. Real faith is when you begin to say what heaven is saying, even when everybody around you is saying something different. Because everybody is saying he's a prophet, he's a good teacher, he's a heretic, he's a revolutionary. That's what they were saying. But Simon pushed all of that aside, and he heard one thing, and that was what heaven was saying. And Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. This is a heavenly revelation that you have. And because you heard from heaven and then you said what heaven was saying, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Look at your neighbor. I know it's January 5th. You're not quite into the new year yet. So I'm going to get you, I'm going to help you help me out today, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, if you want to get the keys to the kingdom, some of you aren't looking at anybody, much less moving your lips. I will call you out, and I'll take your Smoothie King card away from you, okay? Look at your neighbor and say this. If you want the keys to the kingdom, you have to hear what heaven is saying, and you have to say what heaven is saying. Now, you ready for this? Now, look at your second choice of a neighbor, okay? Look at them and say, now, this is powerful. Clear your throat. Clear your throat. Go, <clears throat> Get a little preacher on you. All right? Try not to spit on anybody. Say this, though. When you say what heaven is saying, heaven will say what you are saying. Wow, wow, wow. Simon, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. I'm about to preach this morning, y'all. I tell you. I want to run up to some of you in worship and just shake you. How are you just standing there when this is going on? I will do it in the middle of the sermon. I will run up to you and shake you. Listen, when you and I, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. This is a kingdom, a heavenly revelation that you have got. And because you spoke it, here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you say on earth is going to be said in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth or loose in earth is going to be bound and loosed in heaven. I said it last week. There's something powerful about heaven touching earth. But there's something even more powerful when earth touches heaven. Then heaven cannot keep itself back from touching earth. When you and I begin to declare what heaven is saying, 
proclaiming it, professing it, whether that's over your life, over your health, whether that's in your business, in your relationships, when everything around you looks terrible. It, you're singing, I am free of that today, and everything around you looks like you are bound and in misery, but heaven says you're free. Heaven says that you're a child of God. When you begin to speak that word over your life, heaven begins to go crazy. All right, so y'all need more preaching this morning. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to just keep going until you get it today. So Simon, because, because you've had a heavenly revelation and because you've spoken that heavenly revelation, I'm now going to give you authority in the earth. I'm also going to say that you are a rock. So he's speaking two or three things over Simon. You're a rock, Peter. You're a rock. You're solid, man. You're solid. And now you have authority that nobody else has. So he's speaking this thing over him, giving him a destiny, giving him responsibility, giving him authority. Now let's jump to Mark chapter 14, a different book, but it's later in the story. So you've just had this happen. Now we're to Mark chapter 14. This is when Jesus has been led away to be crucified or to be tried, I should say. Watch this. Now, as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came. And when she saw Peter warming himself, everybody say the rock, the solid one, the guy that has the keys of the kingdom, the guy that made the declaration, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Some of y'all quit talking. I lost you there. Okay, that's fine. I'll give you that one. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, you also were with Jesus. And he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you are saying. And he went out on the porch and the rooster crowed. If you don't know the significance of that, do some homework when you get home about the rooster crowing. And the servant girl saw him again. And began to say to those who stood by, now she's making it a crowd deal, all right? She's a little brat, I can tell you right now. First of all, she says it to him. Now she's saying to everybody who's standing around. She said, this is one of them. But what did he do? He denied it again. And a little later, those who stood by said to Peter again, surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean, I think is how you say that. And your speech shows it. Verse 71. Then he began to curse and swear. I do not know this man of whom you speak. Not only did he say, I don't know what you're talking about, but I don't be. One translation says he began to call down curses from heaven whether that's on himself or on the people around him. I mean, he went absolutely crazy. Do you see what just happened there? You are a rock, Peter. You have revelation. And because you have revelation, and because you've spoken this revelation, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom, and I'm going to build my church upon this rock and upon this revelation. And then you just fast forward a little later, and here is Peter saying the exact opposite. From I know who you are to I don't know this man. You talk about an epic failure. You talk about someone that has the greatest potential. 
to lose it all. And some of you are looking at me saying, that's me year after year. I start the year with potential. I'm going to do it this year. It's going to be different this year. This relationship is going to be different. This week is going to be different. This day is going to be different. And we begin to reach back, and if you come to the hills long enough, we're going to, you're going to hear us talk about your identity and talk about what God's called you to do and tell you that you have great destiny and God, God is for you and not against you. And you hear those words, and you get excited, and you make a next step, and I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then you walk out, and on Monday, you feel just like Peter does. You're the one. I don't know him. You're the Messiah, the chosen ones. That blankety blank, I have no idea what you are talking about. Epic failure. I look at this city, and I see a city full of potential. And yet so many people feel like they're just living below their potential. They don't have it. They're not good enough. They're not talented enough. They're not smart enough. They're not consistent enough. They're not strong enough. I'm going to do better with my fitness. I'm going to do better in my relationships. I'm going to do better at that thing that I always fall with, that addiction. Or, or I'm going to start that nonprofit. I'm going, to, I'm going to help the homeless. I'm going to feed them. I'm going to do this. Am I speaking to anybody besides me today that feels at times like an epic failure? Knowing that I'm going to stand here today and bring a word to you and knowing some of the things that came out of my mouth in my house yesterday. Knowing now, on Sunday, i got to stand here with a microphone and speak life. I can feel like an epic failure. So how do you keep going? How many want to know how to keep going? How do I get to the end of that song when the train rolls up and the conductor says, all aboard? And I can say, I am free of that today. How many want to know how to get there? One, two, three, four, five. I'm going for a majority. The rest of y'all can go home. Six, seven, eight. Art, just. All right, you ready for some more scripture? Hope I'm not reading too much Bible for you today. (laughs) He's reading another verse. So here he is. You're the son of God. You're a rock. You have the keys of the kingdom. I don't know him vacillating, back and forth, up and down, wishy-washy. Now you fast forward to Acts, the second chapter, verse 14. When the Holy Spirit has been poured out on what many say is the first church service. After the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and now you have the Holy Spirit that had been promised to them. Go wait in Jerusalem. I'm going to pour out my Spirit upon you. Go wait there. They go wait there. The Holy Spirit falls upon them. They begin to speak in other tongues. They, they be, the, the wind of God, the fire of God, it's one of those crazy kind of days, you know. Life is changing. People begin to hear them speaking in their language, and they know they don't know this language. How is this happening? And a crowd begins to gather around, and we need a spokesperson now. This is the first evangelistic service of the church. This is the night of hope with Joel Osteen. This is Billy Graham crusade. This is Reinhard Bonnke. This is, this is big. This is epic. We need somebody to say something. 
Because they're asking us what to do. Can somebody please step forward? Who is it? And the Bible says, and then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out of my spirit upon all people. God, do that again today, Lord. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Now listen, this is the same guy that was just cursing and swearing. Right? Now watch this. Skip to verse 36 really quick on the screen. Verse 36. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. You're the son of God, the Messiah. I don't know who he is. I blankety blank don't know him. I don't know what you're talking about. Let all of Israel know that he is the Messiah. How many just saw your week right there? Can I get an amen from somebody besides Art? I'm going to do it all. I'm going to take on the world. I'm going to take on hell with a water gun. We're doing it, man. Oh, God, I don't know if I can make it through the day. I can do it again. I believe in everything. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to the other disciples, Brothers, what are we supposed to do? He said, each of you got to repent of your sins and turn to God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promises to you and to your children, even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all of his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. And those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day were 3,000 people. In a day, they go from about 150 people, scared to death, 120, 130, scared to death in this little room to 3,000 people in one day. So I have a question. What happened to the Apostle Peter? Why the change? I get the change from here to here. I get You're the Messiah, I don't know him. How many get that part? I get that. I'm scared, I'm confused. I don't know if they're gonna crucify me too. I believe it, but I don't believe it, I don't know. How many know that even believers can be unbelievers? Tweet that. I get this part. The part that I struggle with is this part. How to go from, I just don't know, to You can do it, everybody. Tell the world. I get this part. I don't know. I don't get crucify me upside down. When they got ready to kill Peter, they went ready to crucify him, and he said, I will not die like my Lord. Crucify me upside down. How do you get 
from I don't know him to standing with that kind of resolve and strength. I believe that last night about 12.15, God gave me a little revelation that I know is going to change in my life and I hope changes yours today. I stand here trembling today because I know that what's about to be spoken in this place is going to resonate in the hills of Nashville. There's going to be life changes going to happen. I believe that Peter had a reminder and a revelation of who he was. I believe from here to there, something clicked in him. And he said, wait just a minute. He said to me that I'm a stone, that I'm a rock. He gave me the keys to the kingdom. And I'm standing here trembling and shaking and fearful. I also believe that Peter had this Reminder in Luke chapter 17. You don't have to have to turn there. It may flash on the screens. Luke chapter 17. When they begin to ask Jesus, they said, Well, how are we going to know about the kingdom of God? And tell me about it. And, and God and Jesus says, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. You're not going to see it here or see it there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. I believe that Peter had something click in him that said, Wait a minute, if I have the keys to the kingdom. And the kingdom is in me. The first place that I want to use these keys is in me. If God has given me the authority to set up the kingdom of God, I'm going to start by setting me free. That should be it right there. That should be the end of the service. I should have to say, y'all sit down and quit running. Quit waving your hankies. Right there, I should say, no, 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 sit down. Get away from the altar. I'm not done talking. Right there is the key to 2014. It is the key to everything in your life. You've been waiting on God to unlock something in you. You've been waiting on me to say something that unlocks you. You've been waiting on your spouse to help you live up to your potential. You've been waiting for that person to come back into your life and ask your forgiveness for what they did to you. You've been trying to find some counselor, some book, some song that can help change everything when in reality, you're holding the keys to everything you need to do. I know you don't like that because we all want a Superman. We all want a Savior. We all want someone. But here's the deal. Here's what Jesus would say to you if he was here. I've already done the work. There's a reason I said it is finished. Done with it. Now I'm handing you the keys. All authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. And now I'm going to give that authority to you. Go start unlocking stuff. And so what we do is we take these keys and we start running around. I'm going to unlock nations. And I'm going to unlock number one hits. And I'm going to unlock. And the whole time we're so bound up and beat up. And we can't forgive ourselves. Here's what I would say to you to do. Take the keys that God has given you and unlock something inside of you first. Just click. You ever wondered what's the difference in Judas and Peter? You ever wondered what's the difference? Judas betrayed him. 
for 30 pieces of silver. Peter denied him for no money at all. And yet, at the end of it, Peter's standing, declaring the first message to the brand new baby church, while Judas is hanging himself from a tree. Ever wonder the difference? Somehow, Peter found the key to set himself free. And Judas couldn't do it. I'm talking to some of you right now that this is a life-changing, life-giving, life-saving word. Quit waiting on Jesus. Set yourself free, baby. Set yourself free. He's unlocked all the doors. He's broken all the chains. It's like you're sitting in a prison cell with the doors wide open. Eating prison food. Hanging out with inmates. With the door wide open. So what Peter says, I may have fallen, but I'm not a failure. I may have denied him, but I am not a traitor. Come on, just tie in whatever it is that you've done, but you don't have to take ownership of that identity. I may have, but I am not. Say that with me. I may have, but I am not. Matter of fact, and then I love what happens. It begins to go to another level because God has not just called us to get out of jail. He's called us to live abundantly, which means go back and buy the jail and turn it into condos, okay? That's what God wants us to do. Let's start that again, okay? A lot of us are just happy to get out of that mess. God doesn't want you just to get out of the mess. He wants us to go back and redeem the mess and turn it into something fruitful for the kingdom of God. Thank you for the obligatory clapping. That was awesome. Some of you just... God wants us to go back to the place that he set us free. Take over it. Take it for the kingdom of God. Hand it back to him and watch him to begin to produce life where there was death. Do I clap now? I don't know. And so I love what the apostle Peter does here. By the way, I'm so glad to see Sam and Joey Chapel here today. These world travelers, we're glad you're at the hills today. We've missed you guys. So what happens? I'm telling Sam's story today. What happens is, it's not enough for Peter just to get out and to set himself free. Watch what he says now in his own writings. First Peter, one, first Peter 5 and 10. Not only am I not a failure, but God has restored me and made me strong, firm, and steadfast. You hear what he's saying now? He's going back to what Jesus said over him in the first place. You're a rock. What am I? I'm strong, I'm firm, I'm steadfast, and you can be as well. Now it's not even about him. Now he's telling everybody else. Not only am I not a traitor, I am, in 1 Peter 2 and 9, a chosen people, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I am God's special possession. Look at me. The keys to the kingdom are not to unlock the nations and not to unlock all of these things. The keys to the kingdom are to unlock you. The kingdom of God is in you. Unlock you. And it's not just to set you free from your past. It's to release you into your future. It's to move you into your destiny. How did Peter get the keys? By believing and confessing. So what happens when you and I believe and confess? Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. If you confess with your mouth, that mouth, not mouse, with your mouth. If you have a mouth, see if the mouse would confess it as well. Could be an amazing miracle. Couldn't let that one go. If you can, <laughs> They teach you in minister's college that sometimes you have a slip of the tongue and you let it go. Other times you have a slip of the tongue and you better deal with it quickly because nobody else is going to be able to move forward, okay? So forget the mice, okay? Let's move back over to your mouth right now, all right? If you confess with your that Jesus is Lord, And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. So you can believe in your heart. That's awesome. You're made right with God. But if you want to step into the freedom and the salvation and the fruitfulness that God has called you to, you're going to have to start saying some things with your mouth. We hold the keys to our kingdom. We hold the keys to our freedom. We hold the keys to our future. So I want to say to you this morning, on the first Sunday of 2014, let yourself go. Because he has. He set you free. And in the name of Jesus, you have the authority to step out of things and step into things. To move from being afraid of failure. Some of you are just so stagnant because you're afraid you're going to make a mistake. You're just scared you're going to make a mistake. And it just limits us and constricts us. Let yourself go. Let yourself go from what people have said about you. Let yourself go of what people say about you. Some of you are still living in a prison that someone created for you with their words when you were 8 years old or 12 years old or 6 months ago. The things that they said, you're still living there. Listen to me. God sees you as a son and a daughter. God sees you as a victor. God sees you as a more than a conqueror. Who care how other people see you? Who cares how they see you when he declares over you that you are a child of God? And so now you begin to have a revelation of how heaven sees you, what heaven says about you, and then you believe that in your heart and begin to confess that with your mouth and you begin to move into destiny just like that. You got the keys. You got the keys. Who holds the keys to 2014? I do. Me. Isaiah twenty two twenty two said that there's the key of David that opens doors that no man can shut and shuts doors that no man can open. How many have doors that you would love to see closed? Raise your hand. 
You know what I mean? You close it up, done with that, and then walk back the next day and there's all the stuff again. How did you get out? Or how many of you have doors that you would like just to stay open? You see a door open, I'm going through, it's closed. The key of David, Isaiah 22, 22 says that you have a key that God has given you to open doors that no man can shut and shut doors that no man can open. You talk about the added edge, that little extra advantage. And what is that key? It's the revelation of who God created you to be. Because David knew who he was in every situation. He was able to walk into any circumstance saying, I know what God has destined me to do. It's going to be a great year. It's going to be an incredible year. Listen to me. It's going to be a tough year. There's going to be tough times. There's going to be trying times. There's going to be beautiful times. There's going to be laughter. There's going to be tears. How do we make it through? By letting yourself go today. Let's pray. I thank you for this day. Right now. I thank you for this amazing, incredible group of people that you have brought together this morning. I thank you, God, that you have called us to amazing things. And not just to get by. But Lord, you have called us to move beyond getting by. You have called us to stepping into abundance and bountiful. In our walk, in our health, in our wealth, in our welfare, in our warfare, in our marriages, in our relationships, in our businesses, in our ministries. But it begins today, right here, right now no more waiting on the perfect church or the perfect pastor or the perfect book or the perfect Instagram that one Facebook post that changes it all no more today everything that I need you have given to me through your name Help us to remember what you've called us to be. Help us to hear what you say over us, what you declare over us. Not what our pain says, not what our failures say, not what other people say, what heaven says. I'm praying, God, for folks right now that have never heard that word from heaven. Begin to reveal it to them now. This moment, this morning, to unlock destiny, to unlock potential, to unlock power, to move into grace. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Now I want you, with your own mouth, to begin to say to him, I want to hear what you say over me. Come on, open your mouth. I just said it. It's no one thing to believe it in your heart. It's another thing to confess it with your mouth. Open your mouth and say, Lord, I want to hear what you have to say over me. I want to hear what heaven has to say over me.
Some of you are going to pray it for the first time. Some of you are going to pray it for a rededication. Some of you are just going to pray it for 2014. Some of you are praying it for today. <laughs> but we're going to pray it a little bit differently. I want you to repeat after me. Everybody, raise your right hand, that hand of authority, that hand of agreement. I want you to say this. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner. But I confess that you don't see me that way. By your blood, by your stripes, you have called me holy and healed. You have called me into great things, amazing things, abundant things. You have called me to go to depths I never thought possible. To move into heights I never thought I belonged. That's what you've called me to. And so this morning, I am believing in my heart and I'm confessing with my mouth that you have given me the keys to the kingdom and the kingdom begins in me. Come on, don't stop. So this morning, I'm taking the keys that you've given me and I am setting myself free from my limitations, from my failures. say no more living below what you've called me to do through your name by your spirit covered by your blood I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me I confess with the apostle Peter that you are the Messiah the son of the living God and I confess that you are my Messiah my King, my Lord, my Master, in Jesus' name, shout amen. Come on, shout amen. Today, Lord, I am free of that today. Let's stand this morning. Love to see the hands of those of you this morning that either prayed that prayer for the first time or you made a recommitment. We pray all week long for this moment right here. I saw that happening right there, sweetheart. I'd love to see your hand. You prayed that prayer for the first time or you made a recommitment today. Get your hand up. Hold it up. We want to get it up. Don't put it down. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's a good number for 2014 right there. We celebrate with you today. I mean, taking a big, consistent, that's a huge step right there.